Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We're taking a close look at uh, the Acts of the Apostles and seeing how that applies to our lives today, Colin. We've reached chapter 4, verse 32, and last week we found that uh, the disciples were praying for more boldness in the face of persecution and how God answered by filling them with the Holy Spirit again. Yes, the Spirit came upon them again, the, the Scripture tells us. So if we pick it up from verse 32, um in chapter 2, the Spirit first came upon the 120 that were in the upper room, and then, of course, 3,000 were converted. And there's a short passage at the end of that chapter about the kind of lifestyle that developed in the church in Jerusalem. They devoted themselves to the four things, to the apostles' teaching, uh, to the breaking of bread, to the fellowship that they would have together, the sharing of their lives, and to prayer. And after the Spirit comes again, we have another few verses that again describes the developing lifestyle of the church in Jerusalem. Now, what we have to remember is that this is the lifestyle that the Holy Spirit was enabling and wanting, therefore. And, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, such a lifestyle is now out of date, it can't be lived in this modern era. But that's wrong because for 25 years, uh, you know, I've lived in in the kind of lifestyle that is described here. So it says the um, there was great unity among the believers. That's the first important thing. The devil wants to create party factions and division in the church. The Holy Spirit wants to create unity. And Jesus, of course, before he went to the cross, prayed for that unity. They were one in what they believed and in the ways they thought and acted. Now, how far is that away from the experience of most Christians and most churches? Um, unity begins in having a common way of thinking, really, because we are all devoted to fulfilling the vision that God gives us for his church. Then the scripture says, no one thought of his possessions as belonging to himself, but they shared everything they had with others. Yes, it is possible to live such a lifestyle today, to recognize that everything that we are, everything that we have is actually belonging to Christ. Now, that is true for every born-again Christian on the face of the earth. Whether every Christian acknowledges that all he is and has is the Lord's is, is uh, quite another matter. You know, some people say, well, we we don't have to tithe because tithing is Old Testament. Actually, tithing is New Testament as well as Old Testament. And tithing is a principle that every Christian should live by. But, um, you know, one of the reasons that I've heard that people say we don't tithe, well, in the New Testament, 100% belongs to the Lord, not just 10%. Well, that's fine. That means you can give 100% if you like. But that is not... Um, a prescription to opt out of the principle of tithing, saying, well, everything is the Lord, so I don't have to give so much. No, no. 
if everything is the Lord's, you should give more. I mean, the tithe is only beginning. You give your offerings over and above the tithe. But it's, it's really acknowledging that everything I have, every possession I have, my house is not mine. It belongs to the Lord. My car is not mine. It belongs to the Lord. My other possessions are not mine. They belong to the Lord and therefore are available for the Lord to use in any way that he chooses. And you we, get the impression they wanted to, to do this. There was no hanging back. No, and wherever you see the freedom of the Holy Spirit in and among God's people, you have this love for one another that is expressed in giving. Because after all, we are to love one another as Jesus has loved us. And he loved us with agape love. And agape love is love that is expressed in giving. And um, John brings this out in his first epistle. He makes it very, very clear that if we do not give to our brothers, if we do not meet the needs of others around us, then the love of God cannot be in us. You know, how can we say that the love of God is within us if we allow uh, our brothers and sisters in need? I'm not talking about sponging. I'm talking about need. So this was a lifestyle that was really developed by the Holy Spirit. And... Um, of course, you can never outdo God in giving. If you give, then God will give back to you a good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over. So they live by this principle that what Jesus did when he died on the cross was to purchase men for God. He purchased us for God so that everything we are, everything we have, our time, our future, our abilities, uh, as well as our money, our and property, our relationships, our families, everything belongs to the Lord. And therefore, we're to use uh, everything we are and everything we have in a consecrated kind of way. You know, we, we are mindful that what we're doing is handling not our property, but the Lord's property. Therefore, we want to be good stewards of what God has entrusted to us. And Jesus... Um, uh, taught several parables, didn't he, about stewardship uh, as he's talking about the kingdom. And God has made us stewards of what we have. Uh, and therefore, we are going to be responsible uh, for um, responsible to him, to Jesus, for the way in which we have uh, exercised that stewardship over what he has entrusted to us. As somebody has said, God is going to give us um, is going to call us to account, not simply for what we've given, but for what we've kept for ourselves. And that's a very, very good point because, um, uh, you know, if you stash stuff away in barns, Jesus taught against that. God has entrusted things to us, including our wealth, in order that it can be used for the kingdom. Not foolishly, not just give away everything we have, but to steward it in the way that God intends. Then it says in verse 33, the, the apostles continued to witness to the resurrection of Jesus, speaking and acting with great power. So great was God's grace on the whole body of believers that nobody among them was left in need. Now, what a wonderful statement, you see. This grace, grace is giving, isn't it? Grace is expressed in giving. So, uh, no, nobody had a need. And that's exactly what John wrote in his first epistle. Now, of course, that epistle was written 50 years after the resurrection of Jesus. So John is not speaking about, you know, the first, first flush of enthusiasm once the Spirit was upon them. 
he is talking about a lifestyle that developed over a generation and more of, of the church's history. Then it says in verse 35, some who owned land or houses sold them and brought the proceeds from the sales to the apostles, and they ensured that it was distributed to those in need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, called by the apostles Barnabas, meaning son of encouragement, was one such. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. It's um, important to say they did not sell everything they have. It's clear that what they did was to sell properties they didn't need, land that they didn't need, other possessions that they didn't need, so that the proceeds from those sales could go to helping those that were in need. A lot we can learn from that for today. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a, Jesus said, didn't he, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Well, is our treasure really in God's kingdom and in the um, seeing the extension of God's kingdom because if that is the case then we will be releasing as many of our financial resources as possible into the work of the kingdom it's not a question of legalistically saying well have I given a tenth uh, of my income but of of wanting to be a steward wanting to be able to release into God's work as much as we possibly can um, and and seeing, therefore, that God, in his faithfulness, is going to care for us. If we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything else will be added to us. They seem to have a great deal of concern for the poor. That was always the case, wasn't it? Because Jesus had a purse for the poor, uh, which actually Judas was in, in charge of, but wherever they went, they were able to give to the poor. And that, of course, strikes right at the heart of a myth that some people believe that Jesus was poor. Jesus was never poor. Jesus uh, had everything that he needed. Um, when he said that he, ha he had nowhere to lay his head, he meant he didn't have a house of his own. But there was his home in Nazareth. There was his ministry base in um, uh, Capernaum. There was the house where he always stayed when he was in Jerusalem at Bethany and the house of Martha and Mary. There was a group of women that followed he and the disciples wherever they went to care for their needs. And when he was crucified, Jesus' undergarment was so expensive uh, that um, they cast lots for it instead of tearing it up and distributing among themselves. So, you know, this idea that Jesus was poor really is a myth. And um, you can't imagine uh, the Son of God living in poverty because he is the provider. And I'm glad that I've got a provider who has got plenty where, wherewith to provide. I haven't got a provider who lived in poverty. But, you see, Jesus came to live for others. And that's what he's calling us to do as Christians, to live for others. And part of that is to use the resources that God makes available to us as good stewards. And I'm very thankful to God for all those that give into our ministry, for example, uh, into the ministry of, such as this radio ministry, uh, um, because uh, without those gifts, the work of God cannot happen. It, it's wonderful that we have all the modern means of communication so that the gospel can be communicated to millions of people all over the world. 
but that is a costly business. And so it, it really is wonderful that there are good stewards of their resources who are prepared to make such ministry possible. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 